Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably okay. Yeah. I think. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's recording now. So we Is could, it? Yeah. Oh, God, that's the, probably the best send whiskey intro I would have done. So, yeah, this is like episode... Well, the last one was episode something or other. Yes, I remember. I remember it didn't have a number. No, this is, I think this is episode Brexit special. Okay, good. Right, well, explain that to me then. Brexit? Yes. So that's the possibility of Britain exiting Brexit, mm. Britain exit mm. from the European Union. It sounds bad. I don't think we should. Well, that's that debate settled. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, I was aware of the um, the referendum. I know that's coming up. I've got the the card stuck to my notice board, so I don't forget. Yep. Um, Have you said so you've registered to vote? Not. You're on the electoral roll. You get voting cards. Yeah. Through. I mean, I haven't done anything different to the normal voting. Is it the same as the normal voting? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, did you get the polling card through for the recent local elections? Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're, you're good. Yeah. Good. Um, so yeah. So uh, on, on Thursday, twenty third of June. Yes. You'll be heading to the. So a, a little polling station. A little school or church hall or something. I can't tell. All those type of buildings, they look the same. But yeah, it's a small local place. I've been before. I'll go again. <laughs> well, excellent. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, to my mind, it seems like a, a, a bad idea to leave the EU um, because I think it seems fine. So I think things are okay as they are. Well, there are things that I don't think are okay, but those largely seem to be down to the people in this country that are in control of this country. I don't, <laughs> I'm not keen on those ones. No, okay, such as? Um, you know, the Tories. Right, yep, yeah, well. I'm not, I'm not super keen on them. <laughs> um, and well, it, the Tories are... It gross. seems like they do lies. Yes, like, maybe. I mean, I'm not saying that they do. I'm not... I don't want to get sued by a Tory. No. But it seems to me that a lot of people think that they do lies. And some people who I think I like think they do lies. And I trust those people. So I'm going to just think like they do. Well, the Tories... The, the, the conundrum here is that the Tories are both in and out. Shake it all about. Mm, they are does, the, the official oh. hokey cokey party of Brexit. Oh right, so yeah, because the the main one, Pigman David, yes, he he wants to stay in, doesn't he? He does. Um, so normally my instinct would be to, to do the opposite of what he says, yeah. um, but I think probably in this case I'm just ignoring him. Yeah, well, I mean, if you were to say do the opposite to what he said and you'd actually be siding with Boris Johnson and... I don't like him either. No, well, that's, this is the conundrum that mm. you face. You ultimately have to side with one of them. Well, not really, because if you don't like either of them, you can just ignore them, can't you? Yeah. And just vote however you feel. So, at the moment, you are inclined to, to remain. Have you? Is there any particular... Uh, what, reasons for that? Yep. Um, Beyond what you've... What you've discussed have you, have you, I mean take for instance um, without giving away any mm. of my personal uh, in out opinion mm. uh, do you not think that maybe the European Union is uh, entirely non-transparent and undemocratic institution I hadn't thought it was is it 
Well, I mean, I, I thought it was funny. You should ask. I thought it was probably all right. Um, I mean, don't they? I mean, they get elected, don't they? So, who elects them? I'm not sure. Well, there are three parts to the European Union that you kind of have to pay attention to. So we have the European Council. Yeah. We have the European Parliament. Yeah. And we have the European Commission. Okay. So the Parliament is made up of the MEPs for whom we we vote when we have the European elections. I thought so. Yep. So that I think Britain has about ten percent of uh, MEPs within the Parliament. That seems high. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've got about seventy out of the um, seven hundred or so. Okay. Um, and then you've got the European Council, which is made up of the heads of state from the member states. Yep. Uh, right. Okay. So they're like the executive. Yeah. Of the of the council of of of, of Europe, should I say? And then you have the Commission, and the Commission is made up of people who are put in place by the elected head each country puts a commissioner in place right? but they're not elected so for instance we've previously had Peter Mandelson as the commissioner mm. uh, and effectively what you get there is people who have had quite often they've been rejected by their own local people by their by their national you know there is people that haven't got a, a position mm. in their own government because they've been uh, well the populace has rejected them as right. individuals. Okay. Neil Kinnock, Peter Manderson, both being examples of this in the past. Okay. Yet they found themselves in the influential position of being EU commissioners. But is right. Forgive my ignorance. Mm-hmm. Is everybody in the government elected? In the British government. Yes. With the exception of uh, lords. Right. Okay. So to be an MP, people have to have voted you in. Is yes. That right. I don't think I knew that. So, all of the ones that aren't in charge of parties, are they all voted in in local elections? Uh, like, how do they get in? MPs? Yeah. That's at the general election, like we had last year in 2015. So you vote for your local. Wow, we yeah, are we are really lo- going back no, to yeah the local. You're no, that's a national. So the one that we had the other week was yeah. the local election where you. No, I know that, and you vote for local local, local people doing local things. Yes, yeah. and then you have your local MP, right? Who we vote for in the general election. In the general election, yes, but, there, but that's what I mean. That, so, so they're a local one doing national things. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So every constituency has its own MP. Yeah. So, so all all of the all of the MPs. In in the government or uh, other parties, what are they called? They're just called other parties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're all voted in by people locally. Yes. Right. Okay. So I understand now. So politics. Get yeah. Right. <laughs> I understand how, how how politics works on a national level now. Um, whereas what you're saying is in in Europe you've got a bit of that. You vote for an MEP and is that like where you vote for your local one and they go into the national government but you vote for them and they go into the in the in the European thing yeah so they go into the European thing but there's no real um, it's not like you have a a government within so okay the, the, in, in England we have yeah. the Europe we, or should I say in Britain yeah. 
Yes, you should. We have it's the United the House. Kingdom. <laughs> we have the House of Parliament. Yes. With the MPs, and the House of Parliament is made up of many different parties, mm. and the one with the most MPs forms the government. Yeah. Mm. So then we have, but uh, so that's the executive. Right. right. So they're the ones who like execute on the the policies and laws and, and, and of the day yeah yeah so then we have in the in Europe we have the European Parliament yeah and the council is the elect is the executive but the council is made up of the heads of state from the ele- from the from the member states yeah so David Cameron sits on the council, right. so that's so, the executive. Yeah, so their, their version of the ones that get to make the laws are the they're the voted because we've already voted for them and they're ruling the individual countries and they get to be the council. Correct. Yeah, and and there's the, what are the ones called? Uh, the, uh, the other MEPs. What are they called? So you've got the MEPs and then you've got the commissioners. Right. Okay. So um, so you're saying it's uh, well, you're not saying it is, but you're asking me if I think it's undemocratic because of this commission. Well, not just the commission, but also the council. So it right. sounds democratic on face value that we would have a executive made up by the council. Oh, sorry, an executive council made up of the democratically elected heads of state. However, mm. right, for an institution to be democratic, you must be able to remove the executive. Yeah. Why? So let's say the British government, right? They start. I oh, know they they like ban ale. I, don't, right? I wouldn't like that. No, and a lot of people would be unhappy. Yep. Yeah. So people would take to the streets, and there would be like a, there would be you'd be able to remove the executive. People would Ow. be writing to their MP. People would be taking direct action, and the pressure would build upon the government so much that there'd have to be a vote, or they'd be overthrown by the by uh, their own like MPs and stuff. P- maybe pitchforks. Maybe that's what it would come to. Hmm. But you could remove the executive, is what I'm saying. Right. right. So why can't you do that in Europe? Because the people of Europe don't the the, the council. Is it because they're just further away? No, um, no. We, I mean, we have like things like go to meeting now, so a lot of the time, distance negates a lot of but that kind of issue. Shaking your fist over a webcam is less scary. Yeah, but it's not. It, it's. It, I mean, it's it's entirely unrelated to uh, vicinity. Mm, okay. So, uh, but why? So why can't we remove them? Well, we can't remove them because we, as a European collective, do not elect them. So they are elected by the individual heads of state. So, let's say these 28 member states, um, or however many states it is, they they make a decision and it's crap and everyone in Europe doesn't like it. Well, all we can do is remove our single head of state, not all of them. Right. As Brits, we can only remove our head of state. Not, not the entire heads of state. So we might remove our head of state, but the, all the other countries don't do it. So you've not really changed the executive. The executive is almost entirely made but up of the same. That's, that seems fair, though, because if the other countries are okay with it, we shouldn't be allowed to remove the whole lot. If, if we're no, no, but as as a collective, so mm. we can't. But you're saying that we could remove our head of state? Yes, we could remove our head of state. Right. But the, the overall executive of Europe would, would remain largely the same. Um, and we can't. Unless all the other European countries 
agreed that they should go and then we could but they but they could only get rid of their head of state for their so let's say like at a european up. level well, we, that, yes we could team up and that's no. what we should maybe have is an executive that we can directly elect and we as a collective european peoples mm. could say we want to get rid of them they've been rubbish mm. the alternative the other thing to that is that actually you've got the commission which isn't directly elected either but that's that's like the lords then to a degree that yes. seems like a bad idea well a non I mean the, the I'm not keen on that well the lords yeah. not being elected yeah I, I think it, in some respects it makes sense to have a a second house or a second chamber that that isn't elected so it doesn't have to worry about um, it doesn't have to worry about the politics of politics it, it, well the, the yes because if someone let's say there is a law passed about science right something to do with science it's something to do with I don't know uh, like CRISPR technology and gene editing right the second chamber has people in there that are experts in their field yeah yeah so they are science it? yes because you get elected and you can be you can be uh, what's the word I'm looking for basically where you're a, you're a lord but you're not kind of aligned to any party right? did you just say that they were elected no they're not elected what yeah. did I just say I thought you said that they, you could be elected you said there's a second they're, chamber and you could be no elected. they can be nominated or, or like given a peerage as it were by who by the government of the day typically right so you could go like they might say uh, David Attenborough we want to make you a lord and then David Attenborough would be a lord and he would know a lot of things about you know animals and stuff when you're a lord are you a lord of a thing are you like like animal lord <laughs> no so you're just a lord you're just, you're you're just a lord. like a lord but with special interests yeah and not even not even necessarily always with special interests you might just be you know a lord right a lord because because you were once a politician Right. So, like Michael Howard sits in the House of uh, in the House of Lords, and he was. The, Is he the one that looks like Mr. Punch? Uh, I, I think he does actually. Yeah, I've never really considered that before. Mm, I think he does. <laughs> so he's not like Lord of Politics or something. Right. No, he's just just the Lord. Okay. Right. So yeah, I don't like them. But go on. So we've got we've got them, and the the government can put them there. Yes. Can the government get rid of them? Uh, no. So at the moment, one of the big issues that the government of the day has at the moment, the Tories, is that a lot of things are getting voted, a lot of their proposals are getting voted down in the House of Lords. Um, is there a set number of Lords? No, they just kind of keep adding more and more Lords. So they, once you're a Lord, you're always a Lord until you die? Yes. Is a Lord the same as a Knight? No, that's, no. Right. Do we still have those? Yeah. Oh, that's Sir, that's isn't it? That's the Sir. Right. Yeah, that's the Sir Can, thing. But some of them are both, though, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Right, anyway, I've, I've taken us off track. We were supposed to be talking about Europe. Yeah, so, um, back to Europe. The institutions are... So, the other thing about the Council, the European Council, the meetings are all held in uh, behind closed doors. They're not open. And what you tend to find is, uh, and to a certain degree, I must say, I am basically parroting what Yanis Varoufakis, the former Greek finance minister, has said on the issue. Um, but the, the, 
all the heads of state, they go to these meetings, the European Council, they come away with the decision and you know there, there's some new policy or, or decision has been made and they come along and they go well it's not ideal but it was the best I could get I wouldn't have I wouldn't have wanted this but you know it was the best we could get for the country right but all of them go away and say the same thing to their electorate yeah. so no one comes away from these meetings going yeah that was really good most of them go away going oh it was the best we could get um, but no one goes in, there's no kind of discussion prior to them going to these meetings at a national level, right? There's no, there's no discussion about what, what, this, what the country's position should be on it. Mm. So, and then the meetings are held behind closed doors, so it's an entirely kind of closed shop. Now, what an organisation called DM25, which was uh, recently launched in the UK, um, and it means Demo uh, democracy in Europe movement and it was launched by Yanis Varoufakis he's the founder of it uh, they're arguing or they're, they're pushing and campaigning to have more open European Council where, where the meetings are, are live streamed well, that, that makes sense to do that there's, there's no, there's no yeah. major cost associated <coughs> to it all of the European uh, parliaments, including the European Parliament, but all of the member states' parliaments, are broadcast and aired. So why can't the European Council meetings be broadcast and aired as well? No, no reason. Exactly. So that would be a good step towards a more transparent Europe. Yes, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. So. But that's. So yeah, I mean that that would be nice. Um, but even without that, like, I think. Obviously, I'm I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert on this, but um, I like I like the idea of being part of this bigger thing. Yep. Um, I like the idea that I could go to Belgium and stay there. Yep. That's I'm because I'm allowed to do that right now, yep. aren't I? And if we came out, I, I wouldn't be allowed to anymore. Certainly not. Not certain. That's that's certainly for certain. not certain for certain. Yeah, and and I think um, that kind of movement around is a good thing and but then some people think that's a bad thing don't they yeah that would be the immigration argument yeah but um, I'm not really fussed about that well I mean that, I think that's probably one of the it's certainly one of the more emotionally evocative arguments mm. but from an economic perspective EU citizens who live and work in the UK contribute more than they take out. That's what I thought. Yeah. They're 60% less likely to claim benefits. Mm -hmm. I think it was the, the stat that I read recently. Well, because the very fact that they've moved to a different country shows initiative, doesn't it? Yeah. And they've got something about them. Yeah, if they just wanted to basically bomb around a bit, they'd likely just keep bombing around where they were. Yeah, like I don't think if someone's if someone's like so lazy that they think rather than doing anything, I am literally going to do nothing and just get benefits. Like if that's what you were thinking, that person is not going to move to another country. If if they had it in them to move to another country, they they would just get a job. And I know that there are probably places where there aren't any jobs. But then if those people want to come here and actually have jobs, that's good. Yeah. 
So I don't really see what the argument is. But then is. some people say that they take the jobs of the, the local peoples. Yeah, I would say that. If someone from a different country who doesn't know your culture and English isn't their first language, if they can come here and get the job over you, you're an idiot. <laughs> or just not trying very hard. Yes. I think that's obviously probably a case-by-case case thing. <laughs> no, 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 I think it's, no, it's bang on, on point. Um, yeah, so that is the, the, the ease, that the, sorry, the immigration piece is, uh, is certainly the thing that the Leave campaign are, is, is the horse that they're currently backing in terms of winning them the argument, because the economic argument, I think, has broadly been lost as an ambulance or police car goes past in the background. Emergency. That's probably a, a migrant yeah. doing something naughty. This is real life. Yeah, in the hood. Yeah. Um, oh, and what, another thing that's interesting is that no one actually knows how we're going to leave. Mm. Have, has another country ever left? Okay, so the only example that we have of someone coming out of the EU is Greenland, but Greenland is actually there's no one there. Well, exactly, it's part of Denmark. There's fifty thousand people. It was in 1982, Mm. and uh, there was only really one issue that they had, which was about fisheries. So they were just concerned with fisheries. Right. So there's one issue, and it took them three years to negotiate out. Three years. Right. Now. The way that you leave the EU is by invoking Article 50 of the Lisbon Treaty. That sounds serious. Yes. And officially, there's no, once you've invoked it, there is no way of revoking it. So you've, you've started the process. That's it. it. it you initiate it. All downhill from here. And what happens is uh, basically a timer starts and you've got two years to negotiate your way out. And it was deliberately a very tight time scale. So that when it was uh, when it when it was first devised and Article 50 was put in place, it was weighted in favour of the EU rather than the departing state. Yeah. So David Cameron said that he would invoke Article 50 as soon as the vote came in, if it was a vote to leave. Right? Yeah. So basically vote to leave and then we're on a two year timer and they would look to do it immediately well I'd look to do it very soon the thing is that that's two years to negotiate all of the things that we need to negotiate and there are many it seems um, unlikely I mean kind of what I'm hoping here is based on on what seems to have happened previously where David Cameron says he's going to do things or not do things and then he doesn't do things or he does do things which are the opposite of what he said he will or won't do what I'm hoping is that if we do get that vote for leave he just won't do the thing that you just said he said he will do in which case it would probably be fine well even the Brexiteers aren't necessarily sure that they want him to invoke article 50 either yeah because most of the Brexiteers, they recognise that having access to the European single market is beneficial to the UK. Although they do stipulate, or they do, should I say, uh, also argue that our trade deficit with the EU, so they re- the EU needs us more than we need them, yeah. uh, means that we're in a strong 
bargaining position when it comes to that. Is that true? That doesn't sound like it that, would be true. Uh, Why would they need us more than I we think we uh, we buy more from them than they buy from us. Right. Therefore, the EU, on the whole, needs us more than we need them. Because we buy more. Because we buy more, yeah. So. Well, couldn't you just say, if we are buying that, we need that stuff more than they need to sell it? Like, we need them more than they need us because we need to buy that stuff. Yeah. You could make that case. I probably would. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not like, I mean, we don't really make anything, do we? Like, if we're out on our own, make what? Like, do we have factories anymore? I don't know. We have a few. I reckon we probably make bread. Which, yeah, I think bread's locally made, yeah. I know that vegetables sometimes come from other countries. Yep. Uh, I know that skills definitely come from other countries. Mm. Science. Yeah. There's a lot of that in other places. I know that we've got a shortage of that, haven't we? Skills. Science skills. Mm. Um, and not that you buy, you don't buy science as such. <laughs> I'll have two sciences, please. Yeah, but it seems like if, if we left, we'd just be on our own and we wouldn't have anything and we wouldn't be making anything and we would just have to import all of the things and people to do things and it just seems like a terrible situation to be in. Yeah, well, no one's, I don't think anyone's expecting that that would be the case. Everybody's basically saying that, well, um, we want their stuff, they want to sell, our, sell us their stuff, we want to sell them our stuff, so we would negotiate a way of saying within the, the European single market. Okay. Right. But whatever deal we strike, when in those t- in that t- once Article 50 has been invoked, whatever deal we, we strike has to be done within two years. Otherwise, mm. automatically, there is no deal. Right. What does that mean? You just out. You just out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then tariffs and trade barriers and, and all of these things would just can exist. being out make you the same as like a, a country in Africa. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I guess some of them yes. have deals. And, and yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Some of those might have but, negotiated. But it would it would mean that you you had no position of, of strength at all because you would just be you'd be out and everyone would just be like stuff you you wanted to go you're gone yeah and but this is this is the thing that's quite interesting actually so countries like um, France or Germany they they have an interest in us being in the EU because they sell us cars they sell us machines they sell us lots of things whereas a country like Romania which doesn't really sell us anything. Like we don't we don't buy anything from Romania. There's, there's quite a few countries who we don't really buy uh, a great deal from in Europe. Well, they, they it's not in their interests for them to agree a, a deal with us that that sees us access the single market. Yeah. If anything, they would be more inclined to to make an example of us. That there's no need to curry favour. We said we wanted to leave. They could they could be like okay fine leave we're not going to cut you a deal we don't sell you anything we don't buy a great deal from you so and the thing is it has to be it has to be kind of rubber stamped by all of the member states except us the deal does so if anyone decides to veto it so if anyone of the member states has just got it in for Britain Mm. then 
the deal won't go through until they're satisfied. Right. It sounds highly unlikely to me that this deal would happen in two years. Well, exactly, yeah. Two years is a very, very <clears throat> tight time frame. But then there are some Brexiteers that are saying, well, actually, you could, you could negotiate the deal informally. How? Well, an informal deal would be negotiated... Um, in so much as basically what you're saying is that we're not going to actually leave the EU but we negotiate ourselves a better deal within it right so actually the argument there and kind of from from what I've read in the in the press uh, in various channels is that even Brexiteers aren't necessarily the ones that are saying we should leave Europe I don't really think we should leave Europe we should just be using this as a positioning as a strong arming tactic to get ourselves a better deal. It seems like a risky game to play, because if we do decide yeah. to leave, then we may well end up in a position in two years after Article 50 has been yeah. uh, invoked. Well, I mean, is the deal we've got really that bad? I'm sure there are things about it that could be better, but there's probably worse things. Okay, so, well, let's break it down. So, we pay, or should I say Boris Johnson claims, we pay in the region of 300 and something million to the EU every week. So it's about a billion pound every uh, every three weeks yep, that we pay to the EU. Right, That's, that does sound like a lot. That does sound like a lot. However, we get a sizable chunk of that back in a rebate. So that was negotiated by, uh, I think it was Thatcher, got us this rebate. Right. So we give them this much but then we get a big chunk of that back. So, so this amount that we're paying, um, are all of the member countries paying that same amount? Is it like based on how many people you've got or something? Or is it, uh, is it all different for different countries? It's different for different countries. I'm not entirely sure how it's calculated, okay. but I believe uh, we get... In fact, let me just... Uh, I'm just having a quick Google of it here. Yeah. The UK rebate is a financial mechanism which reduces the United Kingdom's contribution to the EU budget in effect since 1985, which is a complex calculation which equates to approximately 66% of the UK's net contribution, the amount paid by the UK into the EU budget, less EU expenditure in the UK. So we get about 66% of what we put in Mm. back. Okay. Which... So immediately, I mean that, that, that three hundred that, million position is is very wrong. This sounds like one of those cashback offers, like when when you buy something from Dixon's and then you have to like post your receipt Claim somewhere. Claim it back six months later. Are we sure they posted the receipt in? I mean, I've not. I'm, Boris Johnson would argue that he's certainly not seen the receipt. Yeah. Because that's the thing with those cashback things. It's like, obviously, if they were trying to just do a good deal, they would just reduce it. Mm. Like, the idea is obviously to tempt relying you, on you to, forget. to buy, and then, you, yeah, a certain percentage of people are going to forget. So, I mean, we're, we're not doing Have that. Have we though. forgotten? Have we, yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Are we sure this is coming back? Um, the people on the telly have seemed to think... I mean, David, David Pighead. Yes. He seems to suggest that we... No, we this, get it back. I mean, this is where it gets so confusing because I don't like either of them. No. What does um, what does Jeremy Corbyn say? So Jeremy Corbyn historically has been uh, prior to him becoming a Labour, the Labour Party leader. He 
want he wasn't very big on the, the EU because he saw it as he's a he's quite old though isn't he well he is quite old but he's also very left and he seems to he has the EU marked as a basically an institution that just supports the mega corporations it's, it's basically a neoliberal organisation which just empowers global corporations and enables them to to do their dirty work right uh, throughout Europe relatively mm. scot-free it probably does yeah it's probably right it really is quite confusing mm. so I, I mean I his, I should say sorry yes. I, I didn't finish that point um, his official position now as the official position of the Labour Party is to remain however the there is another campaign which is called Another Europe is Possible which argues that we should remain in the EU but not necessarily because the EU is all fine and dandy as it is yeah. but because the EU could be good we're certainly we're certainly better off in it but it needs reforming from within hence the things like I was arguing that Diem are arguing for which is the more open and more democratic European institutions that's the thing then I think stay in stay in and, and try and improve it incrementally rather than leaving and and then and that's it forever and you like if, it, if it's wrong it's wrong forever yeah, if you made a bad you chance, then you're all good. Yeah, exactly. So you can't incrementally improve on nothing. No. I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> yeah, but well, let's ignore that. Yeah. But no, I, I right, I'm decided to stay in incremental improvements. Yep. <clears throat> we're going to Kaizen it. Yes. Yeah, we'll get some Trello board action. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that works for me. Is there anything else I need to know, do you think? Um, well, so another thing just about the distribution of uh, that, 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 that their funds that we give to them, so oh, yes. 300 odd million that we give to them every yes. week, we get 66% of, uh, of that back, excluding what they already give to us, because that's the thing, we give, we, all the member states put money into it, mm -hmm. and then money gets redistributed into the member states, but based on regional deprivation. So the, the Leave campaign are arguing that, well, we give all of this, we give 300 million a week to the EU, right? And that money could be used to, for doctors and nurses in the NHS and teachers and the rest of it. Well, that's all well and good. But first of all, you've got to believe that whatever government of the day is in power would actually use that money for those things and yeah, not just say, buy some more missiles and blow up a country with brown people in it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because if we if we're not in Europe, they're going to say, "Oh, we need we need more armies." Well, there is that. Yep. Um, so they'd say, "Oh, yes, hospitals very important, but first war." <laughs> yeah, first some more guns. Yeah. And then maybe a hospital. Yeah. But actually, Bupa can sort that, and Virgin Health. Mm. we'll just privatise it or anyway we're getting onto a slightly uh, socialist rant here so let's oh, park that okay um, so that, that money that then comes back into the so a lot of that money comes back into the UK but it comes back into the UK to be spent in specific areas so even if you were to give the, the government the benefit of the doubt and say right they would use that 350 million or whatever investing in the country mm. well where would most of that money go there's, there's a strong argument if you look historically at where British government spending uh, has been allocated, it tends to go to the south, in particular 
to London, mm. right? So that would probably happen. You'd see a continued investment and strong investment in London with the regions being neglected. Yeah. Yep. So Cornwall, Cornwall is a good example. It's a, it's a deprived region in the UK, considerably underfunded uh, or, or underinvested in, yeah. but it receives a big chunk of money from the EU as does Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland gets a huge amount of money from the EU for investment and regeneration. What would happen to those areas if we left the EU? Would they, would they get... They get ignored. They get ignored by the central government, yeah. Mm. So there's a strong case to say that actually the regions in particular in, in, in Britain benefit. London might not, a lot of money might go out of London and go into, into the EU and not necessarily make its way back in. Not fussed about London. No. It's, it's too it, big. It's doing okay as it is, isn't yeah. it? Um, so yeah, I think that's a, it's an interesting point worth considering is that take for instance uh, in our city, Derby, we recently had the Derbyshire Enterprise Growth Fund, which was a pot of money which was then given out in the form of grants and loans to small and medium sized enterprises for capital investments, for recruiting new staff, oh, yeah, for this. all of those yeah. kinds of things. And you know that was given out like I say in grants and loans and it's enabled a lot of businesses to create lots of new jobs and to move into new premises mm. and all sorts of things and that's Europe money and that's European money mm. yeah yeah and we wouldn't have had that if it weren't for the EU mm. um, yeah I'm for it yeah and I think one more final point if yeah. I'm gonna say this Go on. Um, I think brexit could lead to the separation of the United Kingdom because at the moment we see uh, Northern Ireland, Scotland, uh, Scotland in particular, if you look at the polls in Scotland uh, they reckon it's about 65 maybe even 70 percent are pro-Remain mm. so if we were to leave the European Union uh, there is there are some people that are saying Nicola Sturgeon and the SNP would say that is such a significant it's such a material change in the position of uh, the United Kingdom constitution and the rest of it yeah. that they are justified in calling for a second referendum for Scotland to leave and be independent and then join the EU yeah off the back of that I'd say fair play to them. and the same would be said of Northern Ireland as well because if we left the EU uh, we have one border with the EU, we have one land border with yeah. the European Union, and that's the north and south of Ireland. Yeah. And we've got a 400 mile long border, so uh, we might have to implement uh, border control there uh. so people couldn't travel freely. We'd have to put so there's all sorts of questions, yeah. and potentially it could lead to the breakup of the uh, United Kingdom, which ironically is probably the last thing that Brexiteers want, being as so many of them argued so passionately for Scotland to stay mm. within the United Kingdom. Yes. Yeah, no, it sounds like angry people making angry decisions. <coughs> shouty people making shouty statements, yeah. certainly. We've not even mentioned Nigel Farage, and that's... I don't think there's any need to. No. Really. We can edit that out, even. Well, no, I think it's fine to just say that. Say him. Say him, yeah. I don't know. Silly man. So... Yeah, no, I think I think you've cleared up a lot of issues there for me, certainly. Um, 
this is this has been good. Yeah, so if we just encourage anyone that does listen to this yeah. to go out and cast a vote, ideally I'd, I'd say vote remain, but yes. you know, vote whichever way you're... Let your conscience be your guide. Yes, absolutely. But it's do do a vote. Thursday, 23rd of June, yeah. last day to register to vote is June the 7th, so by the time this goes out, that deadline's probably going to have been and gone. Depends what happens. Yeah. So Sunday tomorrow, I might get this on Ooh. the internet. Yeah. You can move fast through those fiber optics. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much. Uh, this is this has been Send Whiskey. Has it? I think. Probably. Probably. Well, we, yeah. We've, we've not thought of another name yet, so it may as well be. Might as well be. Uh, good. So we. Uh, uh, I'm Pete. Hello and goodbye. And. Bye. You're Martin. He's nodding. Um, that's it. Cheerio. Job's a good one. Bye. That was splendid.